Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hey, hey! This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. On this episode, we're talking about The Best of Enemies, the new drama starring Taraji P. Henson and Sam Rockwell. The IMDb plot summary reads... Civil rights activist Anne Atwater faces off against C.P. Ellis, the exalted cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan, in 1971, Durham, North Carolina, over the issue of school integration. This movie, uh, it has a 52% currently on Rotten Tomatoes, and it opened this past weekend to about $4.5 million, which would uh, label this a disappointment. That's uh, those aren't those aren't good numbers. No, they're not. <laughs> Although it did get an A cinema score from audiences who showed up. So I mean, I, I, this movie was sold primarily on just the the duo of Taraji yeah. and Sam Rockwell. Those are actors that we like generally, right? I love the actors. Although I didn't think Sam Rockwell should have gotten that Oscar for three billboards. Yeah, I just didn't feel like he. I felt like there was other people that were more... Well, Willem Dafoe gave a great performance in yeah. the Florida Project. Sam Rockwell's a great actor. He, he's, he's a great been... actor, don't get me wrong, but I just didn't yeah. like Three Billboards. You didn't like that movie. I've, I've read this movie being kind of compared to Three Billboards, and I guess Sam Rockwell, he was a racist in that movie? Yes. Three Billboards? Okay, yes. so he's. I guess he's... He's, he's playing, taking on like this... He's playing some racists. Yeah. <laughs> I guess one more would like, make it a trend. Okay. Um... <laughs> I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Well, the best of enemies. Yeah. Okay. It, I mean, to to compare it to anything else, a lot I of people like are... you know the slowness and then the longevity of the movie. You can compare it, I guess, to Green Book. A lot of people have been comparing it to Green Book, uh, and how both movies kind of sympathize with a racist character. Well, I get. I, I you know I understand that. And interesting that we have two movies kind of like almost back to back, kind of. But Both on- from right, white writer directors. But honestly, I mean, it's all about them overcoming the changing racism, their mindsets. Yeah, and that's look, that's a great arc for a character to have. Yeah, like realizing that they're a racist and wanting to do better. Yes, and so that's yeah, that's a totally compelling arc. And yeah, I guess you could say Green Book and both this are kind of built on the, that the, arc. The difference between Green Book and this movie, though, is Green Book only took the side of the driver. Right. This movie actually took the side of both sides, do, in my opinion. Do we get a lot of I a- think so. Anne Atwater's personal life? She's got she's got a daughter. Well, like, what do we know about her personal life in this I'm- movie? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> the, I mean, does the, the movie give us anything? The only I, thing, I'm drawing a blank I mean, as well. The only thing that I can see is, or that I know is that she's an activist and she's got a daughter. That is all we know. Yeah. But we know plenty about Sam Rockwell's character. It's true. We know uh, he has a disabled son. Yeah. We know about his family life, his wife, his Anne Hayes. We get plenty of personal time with him. We get none with Anne Atwater. Yeah. So that... That seems like a problem. I can see that problem. point. Yeah, that seems that's... like a real problem. <laughs> but but how would you put that in, I mean, without l- l- making the movie longer? So it's like a double-edged sword. No, no, it's very simple. I mean, Sam Rockwell's character arc, you know, without getting into spoilers just yet, 
His character arc is kind of preordained from the beginning. You know where this is going. Yeah. You can still have that character and have that full arc, but still have him be supporting to her. Yeah. You just take out all of his personal stuff and you give her more personal stuff. His arc is still the same. I mean, it would still have the same weight. We know yeah. what's we know what's happening. He, he's going to have a change of heart. He's played by Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah. So the, the movie is all about... It's about school policy. The bulk of this movie is about integration. I- integration and integrating schools back in the, what, the 50s or 60s? This is 1971. Oh. <laughs> Okay. This is 1971, and yeah, one of the black schools burns down. Mm-hmm. Do we even find out why? Uh, I think electrical issues. Okay. Yeah, because they're they're under well, attended. Well, because, because uh, the community is not looking out for the African American, I guess, side of the city and in and their side. So all their buildings, all of the the landlords don't really care about keeping the buildings up to code, and you know, and that includes a school. And then just so happens the the school ends up burning down. Right. And now you have because these... of the codes. Right. Just And 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 you you come into it with both characters kind of fighting it out in in the court about building codes. And so yeah, after the school burns down, all these kids, they have to find another place to go to school. Yep. And so, you know, all the white folks, they're freaking out. Like, we can't be having these black kids integrating with our kids. Well, and the black folks are freaking out about if my kids go to this white school, are they going to be, be bullied? Are they going to be bullied? They're going to be harassed? Are they going to get a good yeah. education? I mean, obviously, one side is not good. You know, you have your prejudice, you got your your racism, you've got all of that kind of preconceived notions. Yeah. The only argument against integration is a racist argument. <laughs> so Big they time. hold they hold this charrette. Charrette, yeah. Yeah, which is a, a new word for me. And the word charrette is defined as a meeting in which all stakeholders in a project attempt to resolve conflicts and map solutions. <laughs> And so that's basically the bulk of the movie yeah. is them holding this charrette, which is headed up by Taraji's character, Ann Atwater, and Sam Rockwell's character. And Sam Rockwell, uh, CJ. CJ, yeah. In my opinion, it was brilliant because they had people from both sides coming together, working on a project. You get both extremes. You get... Both extreme viewpoints, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but they come together and they're they're both, you know, in these committees and they're both putting up posters. I mean, they're both having to work together yeah. to bring the community in to the charrette. And so it allows, you know, people, especially the younger people, to work with somebody from from an opposite color. And so you 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 bring down those walls. And that's 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 the bulk of the movie. It's basically just you know, scenes and montages of policy sessions. And you know what? Like, it's a shame. Like, we, we were talking about this. We don't normally talk about the movies after we see them. We just um, drive home in silence. We, we do. It's <laughs> kind of funny. But we got into it. Be like, you know, this was only 40 years ago. It was, yeah, 1971. Uh, you know, yeah, we, we were both born in the 80s. And so this is just, this is a decade before either of us were born. Yeah. This is not ancient history. This, this is when. This isn't. This is recent. This is when this our is... parents were teens. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this is not, this is something our parents lived through. 
yeah, you and I were not familiar with the reality where you know white people sit on one side of the room and black people sit on the other side of the room. That's that's not a reality you and I have ever experienced. But at the same time, but our, our parents, our parents did experience you know? that reality. It, it, yeah. it is. Something... It seems ancient to us, but it's not that far off. It's definitely a shameful part definitely of American history. A shameful part, and, and, and it's, it's not, not ancient. Long ago, it's not ancient history. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I, I feel <laughs> I feel embarrassed. I feel what to be an American? No, or to be white? I feel em- embarrassed in the sense that you know my family grew up in you know Southern. They didn't necessarily have the best viewpoints, and maybe just 15 years ago, things started to change. Sounds like they'd be a good audience for Green Book. But the way that they were brought up was completely shameful. Well, segregation is a shameful thing. Yes. There, there's, it's just built on racism. Yes. There's no point for it other than racism. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what this movie's dealing with. And, and yeah, and the bulk of it are, are these these policy meetings. And, you know, the movie is close to two and a half hours long. I mean, oh, my God. It's a, it's a fat, like, 135 minutes. And again, it's, you know, we get a lot of montages. We get a lot of 70s pop music. And we get people yeah. talking in rooms. <laughs> so, uh, overall, like, I like the movie. But there was a couple of things that just drove me absolutely insane. Well, the first the first thing you said to me when we walked out, you, you were like... <laughs> What is the deal with the handkerchief always in Taraji's <laughs> hand? I didn't even like, I didn't even notice this. I was so distracted by all the other crazy stuff she was doing with like the wig and the bodysuit. I didn't even notice this handkerchief. Oh my god, business. the boobs. This is Oh my god, they about hit her knees. And the way she walks. I'm like, she's can doing a you lot put of on a bra. She's doing a lot of distracting like actor actorly bullshit i would say in this movie like her her walk is kind of hunched over she's overdoing it i would say with like the affectations yeah I, that, that's just me and i normally like taraji a lot but here she's a little cartoonish and i would say on the heels of what men want where she's going full jim carrey she's uh, i'm, I'm kind of questioning like how, how skillful of an actress oh, is don't, she don't mess with what men want she goes pretty broad i know that's my jam she goes broad there and she goes kind of broad here Look, I heard and I, I think I've read an article that Taraji kind of took Medea as a muse for this character. That That's the wrong inspiration. Wrong, to take. Right? I, I see it, though. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah. You get some Medea. I was thinking last night, it seemed like a caricature would be like an angry Southern black lady. She like that caricature. It's not her best performance. And look, and just just to bring it back to like Green Book, the only saving grace of that movie, I would argue, is Mahershal Ali. He's really understated. He's really dignified. Taraji is not is not doing that. <laughs> She's going broad. She's going Medea. Yeah, that, that, that's the right reference, Medea. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it because I, I do normally like her. No, and, and the story is based on a true story. This is this is something that actually like happened. I guess I just I just can't, I can't fathom just hating somebody just because of the color of their skin. Like I I just can't. I don't. I don't understand it. And well, and hating it so much that you're imposing rules. Like, well, that you, you form a you know a clan. It's a literal organization built around hate. You have to have a lot of hate motivating you to to go to a group like that. The first things that we see about CJ's character, 
the, he's the head cyclops of the KKK. I don't know what the hell that means. It's but. it's some kind of dubious honor. But then you you see him and his members going to this teenage girl's house and firing shotguns in her house just because it's rumored that she's dating a black man. Yeah, that's one of the the first scenes. Like, uh, oh my god. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He's positioned as the movie's hero, essentially, because he gets the redemptive arc. And that's uh, that's where I have some trouble with it. it. He is essentially, because he's played by likable Sam Rockwell, and just because of the amount of time that the screenplay focuses on his character, he's essentially the hero. It's, and I just feel like between those two viewpoints, like the racist a-hole... Or you know the the civil rights activist you in the South in the seventies. You the civil rights activist than you do the which, racist like, a hole. Isn't isn't the civil rights isn't like I mean the black woman who's a civil rights activist isn't that a much more compelling point of view than just I agree. the racist a hole? Like yeah. who cares? I agree. All this movie and also Green Book, all they're really saying is just racism is bad, and it's like no shit. <laughs> Uh, neither of those movies actually convey the point of view of what it would feel like to be a person of color during that time period. Yeah. I would argue neither of those movies properly conveys that point of view. The one time that, you know, we get a little perspective into the black point of view was one of the last days in the charrette and they were in their committee meeting and one of the guys says we're a lot alike black and whites we're a lot alike about our kids we worry about our kids we worry about income we worry about all this the the difference is is that the worries of their kids is are they going to get punched for doing absolutely nothing are they going to get harassed are they going to like be run over just for being black just for being black right and then you see the other side and it's kind of like a gut punch. It's frustrating to watch because it's it, you kind of know the outcome for one and there's just there's no argument. Well, obviously the outcome. I mean the out, I mean it's a yeah. true story. Yeah. So yeah. the you outcome know, you know is the outcome. They, so there's they, no they, real they tension. They passed the law to integrate the schools. Which okay, when did segregation end? Do we know that? Uh, the Civil Rights Act happened in 1968, uh, but there was still segregation going on into the 70s. Legally, by law, everybody had to integrate. Like, no restaurants were allowed to discriminate based off color. So why why was there segregation in the because 70s? Because it's the South. Is that it? Like, they're just racist, uh, I, I racist think, South? Yeah, I think it's because of the South, and they were used to doing something a certain way, and... You know, the federal government really didn't get in on trying to change the state. So this school was one of like the last, or this area, this district, this was like one of the last holdouts, I guess. I mean, it was something that North Carolina had never done, but I don't know about But it was Georgia, happening elsewhere. Remember. Yeah, it was, it was happening, happening elsewhere. elsewhere. It was, yeah. So it was, yeah. This wasn't like the one to like kick off the rest. No, okay. no, 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 no. And that was something that the movie doesn't provide that context, I guess. <laughs> um, so basically, like we, uh, I guess we're like split on this movie. I, 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 I didn't like it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I'm in the middle of it. it it's a, it's a good story, but you know the acting and and the longevity of the movie was a little long. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get into some spoilers. Okay, we're back. And we're just, we're going to, I guess, talk about some things that happened towards the end. It's a predictable 
cliched type of ending uh, that we've seen before where you know a person is uh, giving a speech and has like a change of heart in public it, it's it, it's kind of like a cliched moment I, I would say but still i guess satisfying to see him have a change of heart it was satisfying because he actually gave a speech and you know at the end it actually the the kkk actually just kind of ruined his gas station and he kind of felt like what it was to be like on the opposite end, the opposite side of things. Sure. Because this is a guy who would deny business to a black person. Yeah. Like, he's he's that kind of racist. And then at the end, Taraji's character comes in. She hears about what's going on. And then she brings in a whole barricade or a whole... Procession? Yeah. She brings in a whole procession of people getting gas from the black community which was really cool that's how that's how it ends yeah because he can't he's basically out of business someone sabotages his and nobody is going and no white people are going to his yeah his gas station is sabotaged he loses you know a couple hundred gallons i think and yeah he has no business but then taraji hooks him up because you know she's a good person yeah uh, we have to assume again. We don't like get any real personal insight into her. We just, you know, we just get what the movie shows us. And yeah, she does him a real solid. She brings her friends, her neighborhood, uh, their business over to him. Yeah, and that's. I guess that's the last shot of the movie. Yeah, like he has, he has business. Hooray! Well, and then the last. I mean, not necessarily the last shot of the movie. I mean, well, then we get some footage. We get some actual footage of the real characters talking about what it was like. The real CJ and the real Anne talking about what it was like. I mean, no, none of uh, CJ and Anne both passed away now. I believe Anne died in 2016 and CJ yeah. died in 06 or something like that. 2005, I believe. And so, like, but they were friends, was, according were, to this footage. They, they've been friends after this for 30 years. I mean, ever since they, they've been friends since the end of their days. And Anne gave the eulogy for CJ. Pretty, yeah. I, that's a that's an interesting little, little tidbit, little anecdote. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a yeah, it's a unique friendship. It, you wouldn't expect. All brought on by this guy who, this guy Bill, who understood the idea about a charrette and bringing in people that hate each other and putting them into a a, a room and actually like communicate. This character, Bill Riddick, he's played by uh, Babu Sise. Mm-hmm. That's an actor. Um, I've seen him before. He, uh, he was good in this. He was he's, good. Yeah, he's, he's a major probably, character. He's probably one of the best. Did you think anybody was, uh, you know, an outstanding actor or actress in this movie? Well, uh, Sam Rockwell was the best. Yeah, he he, he really he carried drove it. the the movie. There's, I mean, it has a good, a solid supporting cast. You got Bruce McGill. I love I love Bruce McGill uh, in anything. Uh, you have Anne Hache. Yeah, who's looking rough in this? Is that the character, or is that is that her? She, she was looking rough in this. I'm I not. Think, I'm not I trying think, to be an asshole. Is I she, think that was the character. I mean, you know, she's she, looking un, unusually rough. Yeah, and normally a pretty lady. But but Anne, you know, we said did a good thing for CJ's character and and did something for his mentally handicapped son, putting him into a single room. And she did that because she knew somebody within, you know, the hospital without without CJ knowing, without anybody knowing. And then Anne Hayes' character 
went over to Anne's house and just talked to her like a girlfriend and had, you know, spoke over some sweet tea and, you know, some some KKK members caught her and then they all thought that Sam Rockwell's character was was leaning in a different direction at that time. Is that what happened? <laughs> Is that a thing that happened? Yes. Okay. So, Patrick, did you... So, I guess you didn't like it. You didn't think it would be a good date movie. No, I'll give this, like, a C. Yeah, Sam Rockwell's, for me, the only redeeming element. It's just... It's really dull. I mean, it is... It's two hours of, like, school policy hearings. It's really dull. There, there, there are no fireworks. Like, there's no dramatic fireworks. There's no real hook to bring you in. It's very long. And, again, I mean, we've talked about how the point of view is kind of weirdly skewed towards the racist... Next time we tell this story, let's, I mean, let's really get the the black point of view and like, let's really put the audience in those shoes Yeah, because we get like, yeah, racism is bad and uh, I'm just, I'm tired of seeing like the same arc of like a dude who realizes, Hey, maybe I'm evil <laughs> and uh, coming to terms with that. That's uh, okay. Like that doesn't need to be the main story yeah. anymore. That can be a like a side story. So I'll give this a B. Okay. So not bad, not good. I mean, like not outstanding. Um, you know, like I said, I really like the story. Yeah. I liked people coming together without violence and figuring out what their community was wanting. It like is that that is that is It is a know. very interesting story. Absolutely. Yeah. The details of it. And the only violent people are the white KKK members that are trying to intimidate the, the folks on their own panel. One of the KKK members is played by uh, Wes Bentley. Do you remember him from American Beauty? I Ricky, do. Ricky Fitz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, good to see him. Still working. I like, <laughs> I like Wes Bentley. But yeah, he plays a racist. It, it, yeah, it's a decent cast going on. Uh, but it's not a good date movie. Because it's like, it's a history lesson, I would well, argue. Well, I guess I would argue with that because it may not be the ideal date movie, but it allows for intellectual conversation and, and interesting communication after the movie. So to say that it wasn't a good date movie, I, I would have to disagree because it just, for me, it just opened up communication. But couldn't you, you know, learn the same thing just from watching this story told as like a docu-series on TV? Yeah, but you don't watch TV. <laughs> so... <laughs> but what, let's say I did. Let's say I did. And I, for but some reason... you wouldn't have seen this movie if it was a docu-series on TV. <laughs> you just wouldn't have done it. I guess I'm so, saying this this movie has the emotional impact of a docu-series on TV. And I guess, look, this movie that we saw that we're talking about is just very dry. And yeah, it opens up a conversation. And if you and your date need to talk about some race-related issues. It's not necessarily about that. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know, you can learn a lot about somebody, just how they perceive something. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I guess yeah, we're split on this one. You, mm-hmm. you you think it works? I yeah, I disagree. But um, it was long. They could have. They should have cut it about fifteen thirty to fifteen minutes. For sure. Yeah. I mean, tighten it up and change the focus. I think I, we went change into the, the movie theater and then we left and it was like almost, you know, 1030 at night. I'm like, what the? It was like where, midnight. Where, where it's like the, the next the, day. Yeah. Where did the time go? 
<laughs> and our movie was at like 7.45. I was like, what? Well, when you add on, you know, 30, 40 minutes of previews. It's like, holy bananas. It's a real long sit. That's The Best of Enemies, directed by Robin Bissell. You can find more episodes on anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as iTunes, where you can rate, review, and subscribe. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye.